Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Way Up North podcast is supported by Wooden Banana. Wooden Banana has delivered personalized wooden packaging for photographers since 2014 and has since connected with thousands of photographers from around the world. Their handmade wooden products range from CD and print boxes through to custom USBs, all individually engraved with your branding, giving your client delivery the love it deserves no matter where you are in the world. Wooden Banana has partnered with Way Up North for three events in a row and is offering a 10% discount on all their products using the purchasing code 110. So give them a look at woodenbanana.com or follow their store and Instagram via the hashtag woodenbanana. Kristen Marie Parker, or Kristen Tortelote. Find out how to pronounce her name in a second during her chat with our host, Jenny Hamar. Kristen is based out of Seattle, and her images speak for themselves, but beneath those images are a sense of being that's amazing to listen to. In her own words, she's a feeler. She's dabbled in healthcare prior to her career in photography, and that no doubt influenced her approach to the arts. As you'll hear in her conversation, Kristen looks for a deeper emotional connection with everything she does, and feeling guides her as much as her talent does. Easier said than done, of course, and it's awesome to hear how important that sense of feel is to motivating her. Kristen touches on many points in this chat, including her sly maneuvering to meet her future husband, what it means to be a wedding photographer, traveling woes, and much, much more. She's very clever, completely respected in our industry, and absolutely likable, as you'll hear shortly for yourself. So, here we go. Recorded in September 2016, here is Kristen Marie Parker speaking with Jenny Hamar on the Way Up North podcast. Hey, Jenny. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Doing well. I am in Madrid right now. So, yeah. Did you just get there last night? I just got here last night and kind of settled in. I unfortunately made the decision to not actually check the weather in my packing. And I packed for fall and not 90 degree weather. (laughs) So I think today is going to include a little shopping day to get some shorts. Oh, darn. Oh, darn. (laughs) I have to go shopping. It's beautiful. Oh, I've heard that uh, my sister used to live in Spain. She said, like, these months can be brutal. I mean, I figured out how to work the AC in this apartment. So it's going great so far. But it is beautiful outside. It's it's gorgeous. gorgeous. So, okay, tell your name is Kristen. Mm -hmm. Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So my married name is Parker, which was much easier to Google. 
for potential clients. My maiden name, which I have not legally changed, is Turtolo, which is French. However, we pronounce it in a butchered American way. And I think the correct French pronunciation is Tortillot. Um, yes, nice. but I, I can't always, when you say that in America, you come off as a little pretentious. So the butcher turtle it will do. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully, you're famous enough now that you just have to press Kristen T.O. and then it pops up. It'll pop up. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, so I wish go. it worked years ago. I could have kept it. <laughs> I totally, I could totally relate. Well, I feel I already like you because you're so sweet on email and we trying to arrange this podcast interview with someone who's traveling all around the world hasn't been easy. And we're, we've been in different time zones, but I guess now we're in the same time zone. Yeah. I'm grateful for it. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for being patient. And <laughs> I am glad that we are, we are in the same time zone where it's not evening on my end and morning on your end. And yeah. we're in the same energy. It's I've good. had, yeah, that's for sure. I've had a few of those where it's like someone's at like 11 at night and like ready for bed. And I'm just, you know, all chipper <laughs> middle of the day or vice versa. So, oh, totally. So, okay. So you got to Madrid last night and you, but you normally live in, Seattle, right? Seattle. I live in Seattle. I was born and raised there. Um, I haven't lived anywhere else. We really love it. Um, my husband was born in California and moved to Chicago and then came back to Seattle. And I don't think that we're going to live anywhere else. We really love it there. Oh, cool. It's a good home base. And he actually, I have been really fortunate and very blessed to be able to see a lot of the states and other countries. However, he is a touring musician. So he's been to every major city in the U.S. And he says that every time they cross the main highway that goes um, east and west is I-90, um, and when you take that highway over the mountains and it takes you back into Seattle, he says that there's no better city and I believe him. So I think we're going to, we're going to stay there. We love it a lot. <laughs> and you're, you're doing all the worldwide locations to make sure there's no other place to live. Yeah. Just, like... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crossing it off the list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to, we did go to New Orleans, which is in the States. And we loved it there. However, we went there in December when the humidity and the heat was non-existent. So I, I do think that Seattle is going to be the spot for us. It's funny how I feel like there's places on Earth when you travel and, and you know, just I've also lived a few different countries. Like you just get there and you just feel like, yep, this is home. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, there's like great places and there's pros and cons to every place you go to. And weather may be a con for both where you live and where I live. But um, but there is something to be said about that kind of, right, that calm that you just kind of get when you come to a place and you're like, yeah, I love it here. Totally. And that's not even, you know, the relationships that are there. It's it's what a city gives. Yeah. And I've, I've heard so many amazing things about Stockholm. Um, and I'm really excited that October will be the first time that I go. And... I'm thrilled to see what that city could be like because it's been such a safe and wonderful and happy place for a lot of visitors. I'm excited to see if that will kind of provide the same feeling for me when I visit. Um, I hope so. I mean, Stockholm is is ready to have you. So that's going to be yeah. awesome that you're coming. 
Yeah, my grandpa uh, came from San Vican. Oh, really? Yeah, he came when he was, I think, three or four. They moved to the States. Oh, wow. So I have, I have Swedish heritage on that side, my, my mother's father. Okay, so what year could that have been, like around the... I think it was 1920, between 1920 and 1922. I wish I knew oh, the exact yeah, number. But, wow, that's, that's really cool. There's a lot yeah. of Swedes that... Like about a, oh God, now I'm going to get, show how bad, but like a million Swedes um, left. So like, or it was like 10% of, of, if not more of Swedes wow. left um, during like the early 1900s there to go to America because oh, wow. they were so poor. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, so, okay, so now you're in Madrid. Um, you got there last night and you said apartments. So you're not in a hotel. You're staying in. Some like Airbnb? You know, I've I've been able to travel a lot, which is great. And I'm kind of moving more towards the Airbnbs. I really enjoy being able to have more of a home environment, especially being away from home. Don't I love my hotels, don't get me wrong. But I've checked into a lot of hotels that I thought would be really great and were not. And okay. I like being able to be within the city and in more neighborhoods because um, when you are traveling for weddings, for the most part, what you're doing is you're probably going to be flying in the first two days before the event, and then you're out the morning after. So I would rather, if I'm going to be visiting these cities, and while I may not be able to take as much time off to enjoy the city, I'd rather at least be in the heart of it or have someone here, you know, the owner or landlord or whoever, be able to kind of guide me on where to go in the few hours that I may have to spare. And so I, I've just enjoyed it more. I really like being able to kind of look around and see what neighborhoods might be the best fit versus finding a Hilton yeah, where you can stay anywhere. Where you almost wake up and you're like, wait, where am I? <laughs> yeah, my Vegas, New York, Paris, who knows? So what's kind of your routine then? Like when you get to a place, um, you know, you said you get there like two days before. What do you do? That's a good question. Um Usually I, I unload and I sit and I stare at a wall for just a couple minutes and just relax. Um, I'm, I get this from my dad. When I travel, I am a speed traveler. Like I book it to the gate. I sit, I get on the plane first. I sit, I get off and I try and get to my destination as fast as possible. And I speed walk. I go quick. There's not a lot of kind of like slow pace movement when it comes to travel. So when I do check in, I just, I unload. I just rest. Usually I'll try and attack emails as soon as I land somewhere. Um, But usually uh, there isn't a whole lot of resting, but it's just enough where I can just kind of be like, okay, that's it. I'm getting out the door. And I'll usually try and explore the next couple of blocks. Um, I try and even if it comes to going to shops or restaurants or exploring the area, I'm the kind of person who will research heavily because I want to make the most of the time that I have. So if I'm going to go to a restaurant, it's got to have good ratings or I've got to see what the food looks like on TripAdvisor or something like that because the experiences I have are limited. Therefore, I want to make the most of it. So, so yeah, sitting for a little bit and then getting out the door. So, right. Like just recoup, land, and then go. So are you at the airport like hours in advance or do you kind of fly in at the end? It sounds like you're more of a, you're more prepared. 
I am a little bit more prepared. Lately, I I just got TSA pre-check, so I'm not showing up as early to the airport as I normally would. But um, I am a late packer. Uh, I will admit that. And I actually listened to Dan O'Day's podcast, and it sounds like we're in the same boat where I'll, I'll pack the night before and then as much as I can right before I leave. But I'm usually there a little bit earlier just so I can sit and rest before hopping on the plane. Yeah. yeah. But wasn't Dan like, he was like packing like five minutes before he was leaving. Oh, yeah. Oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. That oh, was his case. I wouldn't be able He's, to sleep. <laughs> no. I, I believe in him, though. I know that he could do it. He's. It sounds like he's got a system that seems to work for him. But yeah. I know I'd forget something. Oh, that's funny. So what do you pack besides all your, you know, photo gear? Um, I pack all black clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm not as prepared because I mentioned that I didn't even check the weather for Madrid. So um, I always do my laundry right before I go. So I'll pack a nice, two nice, like, shooting outfits, a uh, backup pair of shoes, all my makeup. Usually, just what I would wear to a wedding uh, if it were to be photographed 10 minutes from my home. Um, I usually will run to some sort of like a market, like an organic market or something like that and grab snacks because airplane food isn't always the greatest on my gut. So I, I will pack a lot of snacks and then I always pack kind of my office. So I'll bring a couple extra hard drives, my laptop. Um, something where I can be able to work on the go. And lately I have figured out the trick to airplane uh, riding. And that is a fresh pair of wool socks goes in my bag, um, two sweaters, earplugs, airborne to keep me from getting sick. What's that? Like a spray? Is it like a... It's a little tablet that you put in your water that has zinc and um, a lot of vitamin C to prevent you from getting sick while on the plane. Yeah. Um, So I kind of keep those things nearby me because I've been in a lot of situations where the AC kicks in on the plane and I'm wearing sandals and my feet are freezing or you have a sweet little baby who's just having a tough time with air pressure and crying and um, I'll just stick those earplugs in. So I think I've got the travel, <laughs> the travel locked in because the last few flights have been very comfortable. That's awesome. I I saw this thing on, um, I think, was it like an, it was probably like a Facebook ad, you know, where you're just like, all of a sudden I was like mesmerized by this. I, I just want to see if you've seen it. It was like the weirdest contraption that you have on airplane seats. It's like a thing oh. that you can fold that you like, you can either like put it like a V against your chest and up against your face. There's like a hole. So you're like <laughs> sleeping like this or against like your, it was like this and that you could like adjust it so that you were just like perfectly yeah. sleeping Yay. or you wore it like you put it down on the little tray table and then like laid. I was like just the weird, I mean, it looked amazing to sleep on. Super yeah. weird. If somebody like started to put it up next to you, you'd be like, Oh my yeah. God, this person is like totally. crazy. <laughs> but I, I wonder for someone this. who, if you travel enough and you get, you know, kind of past the like, this looks uh, completely ridiculous if it would be like doable. I don't know if you get desperate yeah. enough. 
Oh, I, I've hit the point where I'm like, no judgment. I'm going to take my shoes off on a plane. I don't care what anybody thinks about my oh, my no. travel trends. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I've actually seen the 90s version of that 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 tool yeah. um, in like Sky Mall. It was like a giant wedge that you blew yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. But it sounds like this is the better engineered version yeah, of it. Yeah, that which... where it was like a joke and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Well, that is but, actually um, a good idea. Yeah, because it was like kind of like imagine like two pieces that you could like pop up like one of those sun chairs kind of thing. And then yeah. once you had it in the right position. But it just meant you were sleeping like, like a total weirdo, <laughs> like just front <laughs> Face into pillow action. Dude, send me the link. I'm going to buy that and add it to my kit. I'm going to first buy some stock in it. And then (laughs) before this podcast comes out, because that thing is just going to explode. No, I'm just kidding. Um, That's great. (laughs) Distribution center. Anyways, yeah, I can imagine that it's kind of tiring. And especially when you're going time zone hopping like you are right now. Yeah, I have no tricks for jet lag aside from understanding what time I would arrive in the next city and just either staying awake on the plane or sleeping on the plane. Um, I I do know that if I, if I have to wake up, uh, for a flight or I'm sorry, if I have to prepare for a flight, um, it's dependent on if I stay up all night before or wake up early for it. And then you just kind of plan for the city. This, this recent trip, it did not go as planned, but I feel great. I feel you look I great. Okay. I mean, you look super. I look, <laughs> you look I great. Look yeah, you do. <laughs> super good. awake. Um, so, is this like an American couple getting married in in Madrid, or what? How did you book this job? Um, gosh, I'd have to look back and see exactly how they found me. But we've been talking for, gosh, the last year. They sent me an email um, that was kind of like, we're trying to figure out some plans and what we want to do. Are you available? Originally they're from San Francisco. And so they, um, we're going to have a San Francisco wedding. And then several months later they followed up and they're like, you know what? It's going to be in Spain. Are you available? And I remember having a consultation with, I have a consultation with every one of my couples. I try and prove that I'm not a robot and make sure they can see my face before they get involved in a big business transaction. But I, I Skyped with them in my car because they were in Spain at the time. So it was like a 6am Skype session and I killed the battery of my car, but had the most amazing time chatting with them. And it turns out I have photographed another wedding in San Francisco two weeks ago and they were guests at that wedding and the couple themselves who know the couple. And they said, we know we're going to see you in Spain. So it's, it's pretty cool that, yeah, that it kind of comes full circle. And now it's at the point where you run into guests who have been couples in the past, or you run into the guests who say you've photographed my friend's wedding. And, um, it's been a great opportunity to run a business by word of mouth. So maybe that is how they found me. They must've been connected to another couple who had maybe booked me before. So, Yeah. And how much are you going to like scout locations or are you going to go there kind of cold turkey? I got to hop on a train in the morning. So it's the weddings in this town called Cuenca and it's about, I think an hour, hour by quick train mm-hmm. out of, out of Madrid. So I will leave tomorrow morning and we kind of have it set up where I'll be doing photographing like these events every day, a portrait session or, or rehearsal dinner and um, so usually what I try to do is save like half a day for scouting, especially if it's out of town, I need to be able to have, 
the reassurance that my backup plans are kind of set. Um, Mm -hmm. I know a lot of photographers do so well with kind of spur of the moment, unexpected um, opportunities or or not needing plan B's or plan C's and that works for them. But for me, I think I, I don't think I could offer my best knowing that there could be a spot three minutes away. I didn't see, and we missed out on. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll go in early. I'll, I'll scout the town. It's a smaller town, so it should be fairly easy. And then ideally what I'd love to do is bring my camera along with me to get those images of the atmosphere and location. So it'll be a busy few days. And the, um, the wedding is actually on which day? Friday. Oh, it's, it's a Friday, Friday wedding. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And then you fly yeah. back Saturday. Fly back Saturday. Oh, I well, the day after we have a day after session, which I've been doing um I only do a few times a year. Lately I've been doing more anniversary sessions. Um a lot of folks have been signing up for those, but what's I that? fly have you, have you have you done those before? No. No? Um I think just when it comes to getting married and going through the process of those events, like you'll have an, maybe you'll have an engagement party, maybe you'll have a bridal shower and then you have the rehearsal dinner and wedding and everything is compacted into a year of really heightened events, which is wonderful, but can go through really quickly. And maybe as a couple, you don't feel yourselves because you are kind of put on the spotlight and experiencing these things that, the average couple maybe wouldn't experience yeah. after the wedding. So with engagement photos, I think there's a huge expectation that they have to look and feel a certain way because this is your announcement to the world that you are embarking on this journey. And so I found that couples either they show up a little stressed or wanting it to be perfect. And um, kind of the, the emotions are kind of at a little bit more nervous state versus coming together a year after the wedding or a few years after the wedding, when you've kind of really established your relationship and found your groove and are more comfortable with one another or know where your marriage stands and what you want it to look like and doing those photos then. And usually what happens is the couple has gone through some really difficult stuff. Maybe they've, I I don't know, you're going through financial stuff or children or, um, losing parents and that kind of thing and going through what marriage calls for together and then doing those photos then is almost kind of like a really special time so I've done so many of those this last these last two years and I love them they're really amazing and so doing a day after session for this wedding it'll look a bit different but it will be I like them because it's a nice time to reflect on the wedding that happened the day before and kind of process what happened and doing it in a cool place so I think we're still deciding on locations, but I think it should be fun. So, and so the anniversary thing, is that like, what, five years after kind of thing? I guess you haven't been I'm, in the industry like long enough to do 20 years. Right. <laughs> You're too young. I have couples who I did not shoot their weddings and they'll come to me for an anniversary session. It's anywhere between one and 10 years, I think. Cool. Um, yeah. And and they're, they've been really enjoyable. I've had a lot of quote unquote day after sessions from couples whose weddings I didn't photograph this year or I was unavailable for. So they, they've come out a few days after the wedding or a month or two just to kind of have that time where you're not stressed and you're not trying to adjust your dress and your hair and make sure things are great. And you have family waiting for you, waiting for Yeah. All that kind of stuff. It's been enjoyable. That's cool. Cause I, I remember thinking once like, 
you know, what what is it that we're really celebrating when we're wedding photographers? We're celebrating marriage. I mean, like, that's kind of what we probably all love is that kind of connection, which is the marriage part. But then again, I was like, but you can't really call it that because weddings are such a production and there's so many components that it's hard to, but, but this sounds like it's more like it's the marriage part. You yeah, know what I mean? Marriage. It's taking away the hoopla and just like that kind of, like you said, there's something really beautiful about that. I like that. The sparkly stuff. Yeah. I, I've, I've tried to approach weddings in the same way and that changed when I'm, I got married and understood what it's like to have the biggest party you can throw, but also the the riskiest, most wonderful, stable decision you can make to be with someone. And I, it changed the way that I shoot and it changed the way that I approach weddings. And so now when I go in to document a wedding, having that mindset of, okay, this is just a lot of food and flowers based around the fact that these two have decided to spend the rest of their lives together and mentally be pe- being prepared for that and understanding that the relationships and the people invited are there for specific reasons has helped me to go in and document more people rather than right. this, <laughs> the roller coaster that yeah. happens that day. Um, but I do, I, I do feel like I could get into anniversary session. Maybe that's my new yeah, you're that's my new direction. Only anniversary sessions. <laughs> but do you do you find that since you started showing, since you made that kind of mental switch and showing that stuff, have your have has your typical has your typical couple changed in who they are? I I think once I became more vocal about it, yes, I I, I try and put as much out there as I can over how I approach my photography, uh, whether it being on my website or sending out PDFs or in my emails. And there are people who definitely connect with that. And there are people who want that, or they see that in the images. They see that I focus more on the people who are there or have a fascination with documenting people with happy tears or, or hugging or, or whatever. And they see that and they, see their friends and family in those images and they want that for themselves. So I have noticed a lot more couples are wanting that. I get less of Kristen, this is what we want. Can you do this for us? Versus okay, Kristen, just do your thing. Yeah. Um, which has been such a gift. I I don't take that for granted at all. And there there are couples who don't connect with it. They just want wedding photos. Right. That's all. They just want to look good and they want, you know, they want something to print and give to their parents for Christmas. And that's great. Um, but I have noticed that the majority is they want an experience versus someone to clock in and clock out and right. you get a gallery a couple months later. So um, what I have noticed is as you, as you age, you learn more about yourself. And what I've learned is I'm definitely a feeler. Like on the Myers-Briggs scale, I feel a lot. And at the same time, I have the the J, which means judgment, mm-hmm. which means I'm very particular over what I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decide what I can feel and what I cannot. And for some reason, when it comes to marriage and when it comes to weddings and when it comes to couples who are willing to share about their relationship or wanting that connection in their imagery. I just eat it up. It's so great. And I really love it. And 
I'm I'm kind of learning still how to navigate that and know to that if couples don't connect with that, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Everyone's so different, but I, I do think being a feeler and having a job that you're documenting emotions has been so life giving for me and. And hoping that the, over the next few years, people continue to connect with that or maybe see that in my photos that I things matter to me and thing, and relationships are important to me. And um, hopefully it just continues on. We'll see. Well, I mean, are you <laughs> the trends would speak for, yes, that's going to continue. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you look at probably your workload at the moment. And I feel like you're, what you said is really you're very good at writing that on your website. I mean, I definitely got that feeling not only from your images, but just reading the text that you wrote. It was so poetic. Did you, I mean, have you written all of that yourself or did you have help? Um, I wrote it myself and I'm going to brag that I took AP English in high school. <laughs> Advanced <laughs> placement for those of you. Who are... <laughs> Although I, 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 I could expand my vocabulary a little bit, but um, I do. I like if I can sit down, I can try and write. I think a lot of it is kind of PC and um, j- a little jumbled, but I, I like being able to write. It's yeah, nice for me I to mean, kind of put those thoughts down. You were very good at putting writing in a way so that you really can kind of both kind of feel and imagine. I mean, you were writing something about um, the mud kind of splashing up on your legs when you're walking and, you know, in like through puddles and, and also about the wedding experience in a different way um, that I thought was so just really like poetic and not at all like contrived or, Oh, good. Oh, she's so, trying to sound so, you know, right. like it would be if I were writing it, it'd be like, wait, what? What are you saying? Like, one person would get it. <laughs> well, it it's certainly possible people have read that and they've been like, nope, she's not the one for me. She sounds, <laughs> she sounds too contrived. But I, yeah, it's good to, I think it's so important that we have our art to showcase, but we're also individuals and we're, we're selling ourselves at the same time. And I'm really introverted. So having to prove that to 50 couples a year or whatever can be really exhausting. So as much as you can as a photographer, put stuff out there that distinguishes you from the next person. And it's not just on your about me page. I'm from this location and I like cats and I love love. It's really putting who are you? What are your flaws? What are you good at? How can I help my ideal client? in a way that's going to work for the both of us. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be far more fruitful than just putting a few words up and hoping that the emails start rolling in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's funny that you mentioned that you're an introvert because when you, when you spoke of the Myers-Briggs type indicator, I wrote here uh, on my pad, I N F J question mark. Because that was going to be my my guess of your Myers Briggs. I don't know if I if I'm right about the N, but oh, you're, I'm an ISFJ. You are an ISFJ. Oh, yeah, damn it. I was. Although but I got I the have I right. Texted as an INFJ, I think it's sees it's totally seasonal, right? Like you could be <laughs> in one part of your life, maybe uh, you know, if you take a sabbatical, you're going to look a different way. If you yeah, are right. going through a stressful time, it's going to be testing us something different. But I think I was an initially an INTP and then an INFJ and now I'm an ISFJ. Okay. Yeah. But it's something good, about you. Good call. Uh, well, no, I only on the on the introvert part, which 
I picked up on, but, um, but that's funny. Those things are kind of funny. I'm, I'm almost the, I'm an ENFP. So I'm like almost the opposite of you then. Oh, that's my husband. Oh, he's an ENFP. Yeah. ENFPs we get... are the best. Thank you. I've been yes, waiting for are. someone to say that. <laughs> yeah. ENFPs are the best. You're the dreamers. You're amazing at parties. You're so, I, it's interesting because I think ENFPs are really sensing, even though you have that intuitive, um, trait you I think and maybe it's just the feeling but if you know that someone else is going through something you're quick to like check in with them or walk them through what they're feeling um but gosh you guys are so fun to hang out with oh thank you ENFPs the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me no I'm just Uh, but enough about that. Some people probably don't even know what that is, but um, kind of on uh, Myers-Briggs. Yeah, look at your Myers-Briggs. To see what your your personality is. It's fun because when you get your little combo of letters, you're kind of like, yes, they're describing me. That's crazy. Yeah. It's and amazing it how reaff- I was actually speaking with a friend about this the other day when you read something either that, you know, someone else defines their own personality or what they go through. And when you look at that and read it and you see yourself within those words or start seeing yourself within that imagery, like maybe someone's like, uh, uh, I need, I need time to recoup from social events in order to re-energize. And for someone to hear that and see themselves, it's the most reaffirming thing. And knowing that someone else goes through what you do, um, and so having that personality trait or, or knowing that someone else goes through uh, what you have been is actually pretty amazing. And just like you said, having to recoup because that's in, an introvert, that doesn't mean that they cannot be social, that they're not a nice person, that they don't know how to just converse with people. It just means that that takes more energy maybe and that you do need to kind of balance it out with some downtime. I think. Yeah. Like, I actually, I think at a chemical level, it's, do- isn't it dopamine? Like your, bu- how your brain, um, that's like the reward system, right? Or like how you, yeah. Like when it comes to stimulus, your body either welcomes the dopamine that's released or it's like, okay, too much dopamine here. So when you're an extrovert and you're surrounded by a lot of people and that dopamine is released, uh, your body is like, this is great. I want more versus for an introvert when you're at a party and that dopamine is released, your body's like, I can't handle this anymore. This is too much. I need to pull my, I need to retreat yeah. in order to calm this down a little bit. It's really fascinating. Well, my husband who's an introvert too, he's like, you know, he'll love to go to a party and then, but if I should like be like the next day like oh by the way i invited so-and-so for dinner he's like whoa 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 wait a minute (laughs) we just had we were just at a party yesterday it's like okay but it's just like a coffee like okay (sighs) no i need like you know i need a few days to like reload and for me that's like really i mean come on (laughs) oh that's all too familiar i totally uh, get it yeah i know my introverts around me are like remind me that i need to just not get on the social carousel but anyways it's funny but the reason you know all about dopamine is that because you were interested in nursing school which I read on your website oh yes 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 I okay so I feel as though I do have that scientific side Um, I'm very left-brained actually very analytical and very logical and 
uh, growing up, I always wanted to be a nurse. And I think also my family and those closest to me were like, you should be a nurse. You're very caring, but you're also very left-brained. And so I was like, great, I'm going to be a nurse. So I I ended up doing my prereqs and my CNA, which is, um, it's basically a program that's, it's called certified nursing assistant. So you, you train for like six weeks and then you get your certificate and you basically can get a job in the medical field, just assisting nurses. So you're doing the dirty work. You're doing what nurses don't want to do. Um, so I did that. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was working in hospice and it was very different. And I was really young. I was 20, 21 maybe. And didn't quite understand that a job like that meant that there was, if you did experience it, it was really rare, but the appreciative side by providing hospitality to someone where someone's like, gosh, thank you so much for making me feel comfortable and taking care of me. You don't get that in a hospital setting. You get people who are in pain and they're sick and they want to go home and they're uncomfortable and they're scared. And I just didn't have the skills to accommodate that. And it kind of made me feel like, oh, what am I doing? So I ended up stopping before applying to nursing school and I went to Cambodia and bought an entry-level camera to take some artsy photos out there. And I was out there for about two months and met a bunch of people, came home to go back to nursing school, ended up not reapplying, went back out to Cambodia for another couple months. And the people who I met there, they were getting married and I had this cheap camera and I was like, oh, I can be your wedding photographer. So I photographed a few engagement sessions out in Cambodia and then people got married back in the States and I photographed their wedding. And then from there, I just, I just never looked back at nursing. It snowballed. Okay. And so you kind of left that behind you. Yeah. It's gone. It's still fascinating. I like the way things, I'm really intrigued by the way things work. Um, especially the human body is just still so fascinating to me. Um, but I don't know if I could have a job that, is involved with taking care of it <laughs> maybe in a few maybe later on but was it I, hard? not right now was it hard I mean especially in hospice care I can imagine that people are obviously they're all dying right how's I mean that's they're the definition dying. and yeah. was it hard to leave it at, at work um I have a I have a difficult time leaving things I'm a thinker I I also think a lot on that scale, on that Myers-Briggs scale. So everything is always turning in my mind. So no, I couldn't leave it. It was, And a lot of the hospice is you do have these people who are dying and your job is just to give them the best quality of life possible. And that lasts for a remainder of time that they have. Um, so your care is really precise and your care is very nurturing. However, what you have is families <laughs> in the room with you who are overlooking that care and they're grieving and they're going through things too. So it's in the same way that a wedding is very heightened emotionally. It's it's the same with hospice, but it's at a totally different level and it's hard to leave that at work when you go home. So this, I think weddings are a little happier though. (laughs) I really enjoy them. A little bit happier. Yeah. Unless you have like a bridezilla, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) That kind of. Or a groomzilla. Who knows? Or a groomzilla. Do you have those too? Um, I, 
Ah, uh, no, not as much. There's there's a few where like they it's just hard for them to rest. It's hard for them to um, enjoy. Enjoy, and it's and I think it just comes down to they've created an event for themselves that doesn't match up with who they are. Yeah. So if not to keep going back to the introvert expert thing, but if you're an introvert and you've invited 200 people to your wedding, yeah. it's going to be hard for you to enjoy that versus having maybe a smaller wedding or eloping. So it's not been bridezillas or groomzillas. It's just been they're they're depleting themselves far too quickly because they haven't catered to their own needs as far as holding an event. So I think, oh my God, we ha- there's something to be said about going kind of scientific here with weddings if you want to mix it because you could probably do some kind of like develop a system for um, this is like if, if your answer is this, if you answered mostly B, you should have this type of wedding. <laughs> totally. <laughs> because I, that, a lot of people do that, Kristen. They have like the wrong wedding. Yeah, they definitely do. You're onto something big. Dude, I have, I'm very, um, I try and soak all up, all my information up and get an idea of who my couples are because in a way you as a photographer can help. So if you do have a wedding where they've planned it, not based on their own needs, there are things that you can do to alleviate some stress on the wedding day. And maybe it means pulling them for sunset photos away from people. Or if you start seeing that they're like getting really jittery or shaky because too many people have come up to them and they just need a break. You can, you can interject and pull them away for something. Um, That's, that's very intuitive of you though. I mean, to do, to see that. Cause I, I think that you can see that kind of the the eyes kind of glaze over or that they start to get robotic, you know, like, Hey, how are you? And then you're like, Oh God, they need a break. Yeah. (laughs) And they're going to love you for it. I mean, I hope I feel like the best compliment. Well, one of the best uh, after wedding can be like, Oh my God, your energy. We needed you. We were so good to have there. You know what I mean? Before they even see the photos, they're like, that's nice. And I bet you, yeah. you must get that a lot. Um, oh gosh, I don't, don't want to toot my own horn, but I do, I do That's get those emails <laughs> and yeah, I, I do. And I think it is because like, I, it, you can't half-ass your job. You got a full-ass your job. Right. And maybe that means you are only the artistic side. You're only there for creative portraits and you're doing the best you can with what you've got. And maybe it does mean that, okay, I can, my, my photos are fine, but I do offer an emotional support or helping the couple process on their day. And I'm only able to do that because I've done it myself. I, the first couple of years of my photography business, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And now that I've gone through the process of having a wedding and knowing what marriage looks like, it's, it's more enjoyable for me to offer that. And the, the affirmation that's come from that from my couples is telling me it's, it's okay. It's okay that I'm doing that. So yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get those emails and sometimes I don't, and it's okay if I don't, but, um, the ones that do, it's just, it really is affirming that this job is the one for me right now. Yeah. Tell me about your husband. Is he the bearded man? He's the bearded man. Yes. He is. His name is Michael. And we actually met at a wedding I was photographing. Um, yeah, it, it can happen to you. It can happen. Um, we, he was playing, he's a musician. So he was playing in the band. Uh, they had joined, 
uh, it was the groom's band. And so his friends had joined to play the bride's processional, which is a Siguro song. And they had been practicing during, excuse me, during getting ready photos. And I, I had my eye on him. He is a handsome man. And I remember thinking, I'm going to make him my boyfriend with the, with the most sincere confidence in the world. It never would have happened. But for some reason, I was just, I believed in myself. And I actually approached him. Oh. And I, I, I think I'm not good with um, hitting on people. And so my, my hit was basically directed to everyone, but looking at him. So I, 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 made, a, I made a comment that said like, Oh, I had remembered exactly what song, what the title was for that particular song. And I wanted him to know that I knew the title because it showed that I, I was aware of who I was cultured. I I knew the band, I knew the music and he didn't look at me. And I think it was because it was directed to everyone. And I kind of gave up. I was like, okay, so he's not going to be my boyfriend. But I remember he went home. He wasn't, he didn't have a date. He went home before dancing and then he ended up calling me after the photos were released and he wanted band photos. Mm-hmm. And I had already, of course, at the time, Facebook for creeping was just, it was available to me. So I had already creeped him on Facebook and knew who he was when he called, but acted dumb and acted like I didn't know. And also agreed like, oh, to do oh, band right. photos. Okay. <laughs> So, of course, were you going to, like, info, marital status? Yeah, marital status, age. Or in a rela- not in a relationship. Just do for a living. Yeah, definitely. So he, I, I agreed to do band photos, and I'd never done them before. I told him I was very experienced with them. And we met up to, like, discuss concepts and ended up dating immediately. And we finally did the band photos in about nine months after we started dating, I think. So I think it worked out pretty well. <laughs> That's awesome. He's like, I'm going to keep you all to myself for a little yeah. while here before I oh, introduce totally. you to the rest of the band. Absolutely. But um, what was his recollection of that, of your, like your big hit when you go and say something to the whole band and then give up? <laughs> on he, he says he doesn't remember. <laughs> he, he says he remembers me. I think now I know because when he, when he performs and he, um, so music, he's, music is his thing. Like the way his mind works around music is so fascinating to me because he's able to pull out these, he, he writes music and he's able to pull out these harmonies and melodies and rhythms that are just, I wouldn't be able to layer myself ever. And he's so talented, but I know that when he is working in the same way that you're photographing a wedding and someone's trying to ask you questions while you're trying to get your composition and your light right and make it waiting for the moment, you're not going to be as present. And so I think that was the case as he was working on his music and wasn't paying attention to outside stimuli at all. So um, he says that he doesn't remember, but he does remember me walking around and he did have my, uh, he got my phone number from the groom and managed to, uh, Hook it up. He managed to. <laughs> yeah. He managed so to call. You had made yeah. an impression, after all. I hope so. I hope that's still the case. <laughs> He's so. We have just celebrated four years of marriage, nice. and it's been really amazing. He, um, as I reflect back, and and I know that I have my flaws with my own personality type. He is just the best human around, and he the one of his 
greatest qualities is with that extrovert thing. He just can make people feel so comfortable. And that's how I knew right away is that he was the first person I met who was honest and put you at ease really quickly. And he, that's still one of his greatest strengths is you see that as he meets new people or as we run into family or friends that he just makes people feel so at home and themselves. And it's a gift. It really is. Some people just do not have that. That's nice. Well, that, that must be, it must be so nice to be married to an ENFP. I'm going to remind my husband no, I'm <laughs> what a gift he has. Have, have him listen to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> no one's got time for this. No, definitely they will. What would you say is, what would you say is the hardest thing about being married? I, I think it just depends where you're at in life. Hardest thing is, it, I mean, everything changes. Right for right now, it's I don't see him. Yeah, I'm traveling too much. Or um, I, what I did this year was I filled my calendar up as much as possible because it was an amazing year and people inquired. And while I I will say no to jobs, everything that came in was like, yeah, that sounds like me. I want that. And I just filled empty slots in my calendar, not realizing that oh. <laughs> A, a, a calendar that's full means that your schedule is full and that your body is working those days. Um, and so I, at one point, I think it was in June, I was like, oh, Kristen, let's just look at your calendar. Let's make sure everything looks good. Let's count up how many weddings you have. And I managed to count up more weddings than I had planned for this year, um, which is an amazing thing and something that other photographers struggle with. And the fact that it was so oblivious to me that it had happened was I feel very fortunate and very lucky but it also means that we just don't see each other and so the times that we do see each other it's very like we need to be present and we need to have as much time (laughs) make sure that time is valued but I I do look for we, we keep mentioning that next year will be the year where we just like take time and rest um so hopefully I, I've slowed down bookings for next year and I, again, I love my job and it's really amazing, but I like my husband a lot more that's, <laughs> and I would like to see him. Yeah. That's smart of you to come to that realization. I mean, this early in the game. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of chug along <clears throat> and then kind of forget that when it's too late. Yeah, definitely. So what does that what does that mean um more time to rest? Does that mean you're blocking off time together and or how does that I mean cuz I mean it's hard to be like no, I I'm not going to come to, you know, Mexico and shoot your wedding or how do you do that? I I think it means more weekends free. I think it means no matter I don't necessarily want to stop the travel because who knows when we may have kids and that just won't be as available. It's a great opportunity to stamp my passport and get to see things. But I, I do think it time off means I'm not booking every weekend. Um, and it means outsourcing my editing. And it also means starting to read some books, <laughs> having some time for book reading and yoga. And um, so 
my husband's job is is cyclical as well. He has a season and an off season, but his seasons are yearly. So they he is a touring musician. So when he's home, he's a music teacher. And when his albums are done, they're on two or three year cycles. So he's, he completed that three year cycle of promoting an album. They toured North America and had a great time, but the last couple of years he's been home writing this next album. So the next season or the next part of this cycle is going to be promoting the album and going on tour again. So we're going to have a time frame, like six months or something where we will just not be working and resting before he gets back on the road and my wedding season starts. So fortunately the timing has worked out great where we're going to be in the same place at the same time, both physically and mentally. But um, I, I do think it just means for once, let's not put work first yeah. Um, and see what that looks like because it sounds really exciting. <laughs> is, that, is that during the That's winter great. then that this is going to happen? Uh, yeah, I think like I am. I'm booked up for January, so it's going to be more like February to uh, maybe February to June. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, It'll be oh, nice. That's nice. Yeah. And what kind of music does he play? And now I'm curious. I'm going to have to check him out. Yeah. Um. He plays, oh gosh, I don't or, know what the genre would be, but he plays guitar and he's very talented at it, but he's, he teaches bass and he plays piano and the, I guess the genre would be like garage soul, um, mm-hmm. like, like black keys kind of sounding stuff, but he, he's been really fortunate to get to tour with some great bands and, um, he's checked off all of his musician goals on his, his dream list. So it's been an exciting time for him. Oh, wow. And how old, how old is he? He is, oh gosh, 30, 33. And he's checked off all of his, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. He's got one more and it's to play a late night show. So hopefully that'll happen next year. Like Conan O'Brien or Jimmy Fallon or something. I hope that happens for him. Oh my goodness. Serious, yeah. you must email me when that does happen. Yeah. Oh, totally. I hope it happens for him. I love those people, and that would be amazing to see. Um, but you said he writes music as well. Oh yeah, they um they've been writing all their own music for. So he's in one band. I mean, he's, he's... in one band. Uh huh. And it's, yeah. what's the band called? They they're called Pickwick. Like ah, I did see Pickwick that word Pickwick. on your website, and I was like, I don't, I didn't understand what that was. But okay, oh yeah, my god, I have to check. There it, out. it is. <gasps> nice. It's my boyfriend's band. <laughs> uh, I'm with the band. I'm with the band. Uh, just <laughs> selling merch with the band. <laughs> That's awesome. That's going to prove to be probably yeah a challenge with both of you guys kind of touring, if you will. Um, but I hope you sounds like you guys have found your groove. I think so. I think we've got it. Yeah. It, it's nice when you kind of perfect that groove a little bit and figure out what works best for you. But yeah. it'll be cool to see a new season together and what that looks like when we have more time. Awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you, too, about I, – I noticed you did a lot of different kinds of uh, photographies. So, sorry, leaving Michael – Uh, even though we could talk about that forever but um you have you're shooting digital but you and and i don't you don't have to like get nitty-gritty technical because i'm more interested in kind of your thought process behind you have disposable 
Um, oh yeah. You have like 35 millimeter digital. Uh-huh. So you're using like film and, um, how did the disposable camera thing start for you? Gosh, you know, I, I have a box of 50 disposable cameras that I need to use up and lately, and I have a bunch that still need to be developed, but I, I just started bringing, I, I have a shoot sack that I shoot with and I would just slip a disposal into one of the pockets. And if it came out at a wedding, it did. If it didn't, it's fine. And lately the last, it's actually been like the last couple of years it hasn't come out at all. I've been strictly digital, but, um, I just, I think I, it came at a point where I was a little frustrated and feeling like I was hitting a wall. I was relying too much on the quality of the camera that I was using as what made the photo look good versus what the, what the actual subject was doing or the composition. So I just, I, yeah, I packed that disposable and took it to some weddings and shoots. And I was actually really thrilled with how they turned out. Some of it just wouldn't turn out. <laughs> I think it was just a bad film, but um, I got to start taking that up again. I would really, I, I have a lot of film cameras. My, my great aunt, um, her name was Yvonne Mose. Um, she was a photographer. And when she passed away, I got her cameras. Um, like she, she mostly shot on the Olympus OM-1, which I think was a pretty classic 35 millimeter back in the, 70s but um i i would shoot on some of her stuff she had this amazing fuji half i think it was the fuji half camera which for every um every photo you get two shots for each slide oh um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, remember, yeah I think i had one of those when i was little like really yeah little. okay yeah Crazy. those are cool so I gotta I gotta shoot more on that stuff. I haven't made as much time. I think when I go to weddings now, I'm so focused on getting everything. Yeah. That the thought of putting my camera down for five minutes and taking up another one and focus. I, I think I'm just too impatient for film. I've, I that's what I'll work on next year is taking the time to pin my arms and take a deep breath and do film photography. I think that'd be amazing. And having the patience to wait for that stuff to turn around. Um, but it, but it, you do post personal things. I mean, which is fun to see that you are also shooting other things. I mean, yeah, which I feel like I, I'm missing in my life. So that was fun to see, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, just personal stuff. It doesn't have to be, you know, stuff to frame on the wall, but just like work that's different. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's just a big choice. It's, Maybe she's not posting personal stuff. It's like, oh gosh, the thought of having to take a photo and then edit it when I just want to rest for a little bit, or I need to do other things, or I need to take care of my paid clients, or whatever. That personal stuff may not show up as much. Yeah. But I, I, I love. Okay, I'm gonna toot Norica's horn. Wait, I toot their horn in a second. Put. Can you put your microphone closer to your mouth oh, so I can hear you better? Hello. There we go. Perfect. Okay, so Norica. What inspires me the most about them is now, I, I knew that they were doing it previously, but looking at their Instagram stories and how much work and hour, how many hours they put into pre-wedding stuff where they go in and they shoot the city or uh, the locations beforehand is an amazing act. But that's a decision. That's you saying, okay, I'm going to be willing to invest the time in this personal stuff and I want to make this trip count or make it worth it. It's, I think it's just decision-based. Yeah, um, they're doing that really well. Yeah, very well. 
And and what would you say you do when you mentioned doing other stuff? What do you do when you're not shooting or just hanging out with Michael? What what <laughs> what's, what are you like then? Sleeping. <laughs> um, I think that's something I'm gonna try and discover next year. I I think what I would love to do and what I'm realizing now is I just don't spend much time with family. Um, I I don't have hobbies outside of photography which is so sad um i'd love to go for walks um my so my my great aunt is she's she's passed but what happened was her lifelong dream was to make this book of her images and she spent years she was up in alaska where my my mom's side is Swedish. Her dad is Swedish, but her mother was part Athabascan native up in Alaska. Um, So my great aunt lived in Sitka, but she was mostly photographing a lot of the tribes up there. Um, And her, my great grandfather um, protected uh, kind of the, the reindeer, the land of the reindeer and, um, and the rights that were being held to protect that. Um, so a lot of her imagery is just this deep dive into the North and, um, what they did on a day to day when it came to fishing and, um, harvesting and the imagery is beautiful, but her lifelong dream was to make this book and she just never did it. She never got around to doing it. So, um, what my mom did was she, has made it her priority to get the negatives in. So I, I spent a few sittings with her going through the images and seeing what, what spoke to me and hopefully adding those to the ones that needed to be scanned, but she took control and she did it and she's amazing for it. And I wish I was able to spend more time, um, sending that stuff in and getting it taken care of. But what's happened now is the images have come back. And so it's my job to get those in a book and to get those cleaned up and, finalize and pick so I think in the off time I would love to work on that and have a part in showcasing what my great aunt did that never really got to be showcased um because her work is extraordinary it's really beautiful and I think it would be such a gift to be able to have that on someone's coffee table oh definitely and and yeah you would be in essence curating it I mean yeah, and just you should write the the introduction to it with oh, your gosh. poetic voice. That's that's a good thought. I I know that she's got her handwriting was um she would she would write on her folders of negatives like book really big in pencil, which meant that those are the images she'd want in the book. And then at, while we were thumbing through stuff, we would find like in eighty two, this is the biography that I want, and then in ninety four, this is the biography that I want. So I think that she's got a few written pieces that she has decided on herself, but I wouldn't mind. I know that we need to go through and kind of describe the images and what year they were taken. So it'll be a great writing project. Definitely. Yeah. You could introduce it. it. You could kind of pull it all together and maybe, you know, be that voice that kind of weaves the reader through her stories and texts. It just seems like a fun project. Totally. I made her an Instagram profile. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) She even has a selfie that she took in the mirror. And I, I made sure to add that as her profile picture, but hopefully we'll get some of the images out. People can yeah. see like, this is, this is what you could have printed on your table. Yeah. Um, the images are beautiful. She, she never had kids. 
Um, but she loved documenting them. So a lot of her images are of either kids um, playing. She loved uh, laundry hung up. So a lot of her images, she would travel uh, around Europe and she would just document laundry in the wind. Um, Her images are beautiful. I'm excited. Yeah. That sounds like an amazing project. Yeah. And what do you what do you have projects? Anything besides more rest time? What do you think is going to happen in your future, photography wise? Or maybe you don't know. Um, I think I just need time to figure that out. My husband and I we, we talk about it a lot. What's next? And I think the I think photography is always going to be a part of it, but I think it's going to be slowed down a little bit. And I would love to. I would love to grow. I think when you own your own business, you have to create your own ladder to climb and you don't always know what that ladder looks like, but you know, it could exist. And maybe it means that I have associates or maybe it means I create a product for people to buy, or maybe it means, um, a new niche. Yeah. Or a collective or something. But I, I definitely, I, I know at this point having it just be me, it, I I would love to kind of stop that. I would love to create something bigger for more people to be a part of. Um, I just don't know what that looks like. Um, I have a friend who kind of renewed her vows or whatever. That's not common at all here. Um, But her and her husband had been married for a long time. They had a bit of a rough patch and like, um, I don't know, they just made it through, made it work to put the work in basically Mm -hmm. It made me think of your anniversary thing there as being something that is like, could be so important. I think, like you said, those images could mean so much more knowing that, okay, now this is the history that we have together. Yeah. And like look at us, we're still, still holding on. And yeah, you know, it's not only when it's like gorgeous and all our friends are here and we're like, you know, a little bit tipsy on champagne, but also (laughs) when it's raw. Yeah. (laughs) I I look at my wedding photos and I see a happy time. Like I, when I like Ben, Ben Blood photographed our wedding and I look at those photos and I am immediately tossed back to a feeling that's just this complete feeling, this feeling of I will never be happier and I'll never, never experience more than that day Yeah. as far as being around so many people that you love. However, James Mose ended up doing our anniversary photos for our third anniversary. And even looking at those photos, it's like, I've never been happier. I've, yeah. we're both doing amazing things and our marriage looks so different than the way it looked on our wedding day as we've, learn to be accommodating to the other person and kind of predict emotions and how we can be available to the other person. And so I think just being able to document a certain time of your life is always going to zip you back to a feeling. And yes, maybe it's, you've had too much champagne and you, the memories are there, just there. So you can remember <laughs> the wedding date, like the photos are yeah. just an example of what happened because you've forgotten, or maybe it is just, you've documented a time in your life that you'll always remember. And the fact that it is documented and captured is a great thing because you will be able to sit back to it when you yeah. reflect, but um, yeah. And I, that makes I think, it important, you know, that makes yeah. it like an important, it's not just something you do. You're not just filling a need. You're actually, doing something important that isn't even really discovered yet. 
by yeah. this generation even. Totally. I love that. Absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. Well, you're you're super fabulous and um we're going to like wrap up the chat, but it felt like oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't like you're so easy to talk to. <laughs> that's good. I I don't always feel that way, For but being an introvert, I mean, wow. <laughs> I I will say what I was like conversation wise a few years ago. My friends and I talk about this because one aspect of my personality type is I prefer to get to the deep stuff really quickly rather than the surf. I I can't small talk. It's it's draining for me. It happens so much. I'm not in the mood for it. Um, I'll do it if I have to, but I would rather t- <laughs> I'll go up to people. And I'm like, so tell me about your relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just so fascinated by that kind of stuff. And so I've learned now that it's okay to be that way. Um, some people aren't into it and that's fine. But socially, uh, some of my friends have said, wow, you're doing a lot better with conversations, Kristen. And I think it's just the aspect of this job. It's such a social job. You have to start learning to talk to people in a certain way. But that's good. I'm glad you said that. Well, I, and also, I mean, as you get older, not and you're super young, so don't get me wrong, but I feel like who's got time for like superficial talk I mean I don't really have time for that I would much rather also be like um so this horrible thing is happening to me so actually no it's not a great day I'm yeah you okay um no not really (laughs) and then there's always those people who are just like oh awkward like that's not the answer I was looking for right absolutely I dude just share what you want yeah some people connect with it some don't but you feel better by sharing so i love when people are just like oh my god yes i totally agree yeah shit right now (laughs) it's the best absolutely (laughs) love it when other people are going through shit when you are going through shit yeah that's good feeling good time yeah but um i wish you the best of luck in madrid here and on your trip oh thank you um i can't wait to uh, to hear what you're going to talk about at way up north but just like say yeah. hello in person, IRL. Are, are you are you going to be there? Of course. Yeah. Front okay. Row. So it'll be great to meet. Yes, absolutely. It'll I'll be great be, to meet you in person. I'll be this like. <laughs> Just be two thumbs great. up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll start the wave. I will. Whatever you need me to do, I'll be there. Awesome. You're the best. Um, so yeah. So just a few weeks away, but um, so lovely to chat with you. Yeah. You too. Thanks for this opportunity. This was great. All right. All well, right. have a good day. Thank you. You too. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go buy some shorts. Bye. Uh, that's it. Shorts. <laughs> Probably some sandals too. <laughs> a fabulous dress. So All right, Jenny. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.